Hey everyone, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of Black Fashion History. You know, the podcast that teaches you everything you need to know about the contributions of black people all around the world to the fashion industry. It is what we like to call black history, but make it fashion. And I am your host, Taniqua Russ. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome. I am glad that you're here and I'm excited and I hope that you really enjoy the information that you learned today. And if you are a reoccurring listener, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for joining again. You are the GOAT. You are the greatest and I love you. Now, before we jump in today's episode, I'm going to ask you to do just one tiny, tiny little favor for me. If you haven't done so already, head over to Instagram.com and follow us at Black Fashion History Podcast. And if you're like, girl, I already follow you. I've been following you. Then... How about you be a super supporter and head over to blackfashionhistory.com and just take a look at the website, click around, you know, browse, you know, see what's going on. You can go back and listen to all our episodes on there. You can join our email list. You can find other black fashion history resources. I promise you won't be disappointed. Now that I have shamelessly promoted, let's get into it. Today, I'm excited to get into the life and work of Mr. James Daugherty. You're probably thinking that you have never heard of him in your life, and you might be absolutely correct, but I can promise you that you've seen his work. So if you have ever watched I Love Lucy, then you've at least seen the talents of James Daugherty. James was born in LA and showed a love for fashion from an early age. His mother worked as a maid and her employer sometimes would give her some of their old garments that they were no longer wearing. James and his mother would take those garments, redesign them, and perfect them to her taste and he would sketch complete collections for her. According to James, by the time they would finish with these looks, his mother would look like she stepped out of a fashion magazine. His mom was a gifted seamstress and his father was great at art and illustration and so both of those talents from his parents kind of combined in him and created this superhero of a fashion professional in James because he could both illustrate and sew and design. He attended Schoenard Art Institute but after graduating he could only find a job as a maintenance man at Paramount Studios. So what he used to do as he was cleaning the offices he would leave some of his sketches in the offices of costume designers that he cleaned. Eventually costume designer Edith Head noticed his work and she gave him his first job and his first shot as a sketch artist working on films with her and these films included The Ten Commandments and Funny Girl. Now I want to take a brief pause right here and say way to shoot your shot. I don't think I would have ever been bold enough to just leave my work on executive desks and hope that you know somebody would notice it and give me a shot. I would have been too scared and thought that I was going to get fired. So the moral of the story here is shoot your shot. Like you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. If there's an opportunity, if you want an opportunity, do what you got to do and go for it. Put yourself out there. And now back to our fashion history story. 
So James got a job with Edith Head sketching um, the costumes and designing on films. Now this was during a time back in the day where movie studios designed and constructed their costumes for their sets in-house. So they would hire a sketch artist like James Daugherty or fashion illustrator and costume designer and like costume designer isn't like what you think of wardrobe today when you're thinking about sourcing material but costume designer is completely creating the looks so that's essentially what he was doing he was creating the looks from head to toe sketching to construction um, for these different movies television shows etc he worked on several movies and of course as I mentioned earlier he worked on the television show I Love Lucy. Now James's fashion illustrations had a pretty unique style so if you look at fashion sketches while many of them do have faces the faces aren't the focal point of the sketch it's typically the garment. Well when James Darty created a sketch he gave it face and when I say face I mean like a full face of makeup all of his sketches had a signature red lip he would change the hairstyle in all of his fashion sketches so every look will have a unique and complimenting hairstyle as well as jewelry and other accessories so when he sketched he sketched looks from head to toe which is pretty unique when you think of fashion sketches today because again it's usually about the garment. I think this had a lot to do with how he started off in the industry because a lot of the costuming was done in-house in these movie studios. He was responsible for sketching the looks from head to toe and not just the clothes and this kind of carried over into his fashion design career uh, and when he would do collections and just became his thing. His own words were, we had to design things that frame the face. That is why I loved sketching faces. The face comes first. In the 60s, the movie studios transitioned from creating these things in-house to using ready-to-wear pieces for their productions, and that left him out of a job. So James decided to move to New York and pursue his fashion career with the intent to go to Broadway and design costumes for Broadway shows. Now we know this was a black man in the 60s and even though it was New York, people are still racist and he had a hard time getting jobs. He said that he would arrange interviews on the phone and he would do great. And then once a prospective employer saw him in person, they would basically tell him that he's not qualified. But James was determined not to let racism stand in the way of his fashion career. He eventually got work as a sketch artist for labels like Anne Klein and Liz Claiborne. Um, and then he also began working as a designer for Jerry Silverman. The Jerry Silverman brand hired him under the stipulations that he would get absolutely no credit for his designs. He would not be on the labels and essentially no one would know who he was. While working at Silverman, he did have the opportunity to create an amazing dress for the daughter of President Lyndon B. Johnson. However, he did not get the credit for it at the time. Again, racism, 60s, y'all know how it goes. In 1974, James Daugherty branched out on his own and in September of that year, he opened his first fashion house on 7th Avenue. If you remember anything from listening to some of the previous episodes in season one of this podcast, you know that 7th Avenue is the place to be for black designers in the 70s. 
honestly it's the place to be for fashion during that time in general but it's another level of accomplishment for a black designer to have um, their store or fashion house on 7th Avenue because that was the epicenter of fashion in New York and then of course not too many black designers were on there, but the notable ones like Stephen Burroughs and um, James Doherty were. With the help of Benjamin Shaw, who was like a fashion financier at the time, he backed a lot of fashion designers in the 70s. James Doherty was able to launch the James Doherty label and it became available at retailers like Bloomingdale's and Saks. Again, this is a huge accomplishment for a black designer at this time. It's a huge accomplishment, excuse me, for any designer to be in Saks or Bloomingdale's and certainly a black designer at this time. And so James Darty kind of considered himself the Jackie Robinson of 7th Avenue because he was one of the first black designers to be on 7th Avenue and to have this level of not only exposure, but success. In October of 1974, he showed his first collection for resort, and in August 1976, he held his first ever trunk show at Louis Lattimore in Dallas, Texas. Later that year, he was named Designer of the Year by the Fashion Sales Guild. He was also a staple in the Ebony Fashion Fair, which is the black traveling fashion show created by Eunice Johnson of Johnson Publishing, you know, Ebony Magazine, Jet Magazine, and they would essentially showcase all of these black designers at black colleges with black models and came to also introduce European haute couture designers as well. So clearly James Doherty experienced much success at the height of his career. It's really strange that there's not a whole bunch of information out about him. It's also really strange that again, he's not talked about as often as some other designers, but that's what this show is here for, to introduce you to these people, to share their stories, reshare their stories, um, and give them the credit that they deserved. In 2003, James Doherty began teaching at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York and he continued on as an adjunct professor there until 2013 when he passed away. And that's it guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on James Darty. And if you want to continue to learn about amazing black people who have done amazing things in fashion, continue to listen. Check us out on Instagram at Black Fashion History Podcast. You know, we share resources and connect you with other accounts that are doing the work of just sharing our stories. You can always hit us up on the website at www.blackfashionhistory.com. You know, if you love this episode, leave us a comment on Apple. Um, you can give us a little five-star rating if you don't mind. Um, but most importantly, what we really want you to do is to tune in and again next week for another installment of black fashion history bye bye